Sam, and usually with Greg, we're going to try to find out where Greg is. But I'm here with Jason Longshore on a Monday morning, sitting in for the morning show. As it is a holiday, it's President's Day, and you know, some of you guys are sleeping in this morning. You don't have to get up to work. But if you are up and out, glad you'll be with us. Be with us this morning. Be with you this morning from 6 until 10 a.m. here on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Uh, Jason, always great to see you. Good to be with you. Good this to be hanging big, out. Good morning, everybody. Week, this, this is a big week. It's huge here. Week, huge week. Atlanta United getting started on Saturday. Last preseason game, they win in St. Louis on Saturday. Closed door. You know, we don't really know a whole lot of details. We know that Luis Araujo scored again. I okay. feel like he's scoring in every game right now. Right. And we know that one of the guys we're waiting on, Luis Abram, he got his work permit. He was able to play in that one. Yorgos Yakumakis. We're going to work on fingers. that name. We're going to work on that name, It's an man. easy one. It's we, an easy one. We're going to work gonna on be, that name this season. You're going to be saying it a lot because <laughs> yeah. he's going to be scoring a lot of goals. So, okay. Yorgos Yakimakis, fingers crossed this week he gets his work permit. Wow. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to be talking about that today as we go along this morning. Obviously, it is the week of the opening of the season. Um, you read a lot. You've seen a lot. You're going to have to watch this team train. And you heard some things. Changes also in the front office as well as on the field. It's a different type of era. Uh, we're starting for Atlanta United. And, of course, your home for it is here on Sports Radio 9290 Game, 9290Game.com all week long. you got a number of things you got coming up this week, right? It's a busy, busy week. we got an event on Wednesday at Wild Leap, the new Wild Leap Brewery at Centennial Yards. Garth Lagerway is going to hang out with us doing kind of a town hall event. Myself, John Nelson, old uh, friend of yeah, yours. Absolutely. We're going to be talking to Garth on Wednesday. And just there's so much as we get ready for this. A lot of media and just a lot of prep for for the San Jose Earthquakes as we get ready for the season. Absolutely. And that, of course, is coming up on Saturday. And the pregame is 7 o'clock kickoff at 7.30 at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You can listen here at Sports Radio 92.9 game. But you know what? We'd rather see you there. We'd yes. rather see you come out and back to place and welcome this team to start the uh, the new season. We're looking for great things and success. All right. Uh, when Greg and I are on, we usually talk about what, what you've seen or your story, whatnot. This was quite a weekend for sports. And it's the first weekend minus the NFL, and a lot of people were down in the mouth and oh, oh was, this was a fantastic <laughs> sports weekend on, on TV to me. And I don't know how, how you felt. There All was, kinds of stuff, right? I, I ended up I watched so probably the three things that I was the most excited about watching this weekend were the U.S. Women's National Team big okay. game uh, in, in in Nashville yesterday against Japan. There's some work to do for that team. It's a World Cup year for the women. Um, they won, and Mallory Swanson is killing it right now. Okay. Uh, but didn't look their best. That was number one for me. WWE Elimination Chamber on Saturday night was okay. number two for me. Right. Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn in Montreal. It was a lot of fun. It was like total flashback, good guy, bad guy. Yeah. Old school wrestling. It was great. And then I got into it for the first time in a long time, the end of the Daytona 500. Okay. That was a, a wild ride. I was taking notes on, all right, this guy's leading with 14 laps to go. Now he's in 10th. Now there's a wreck. Now there's another wreck. Now there's a, this new rule change with picking a lane that I had to fi- try to figure out the strategy of. 
it was really interesting as that one came down to the wire. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And, of course, I've, you know, I've, I follow a lot of NASCAR and look forward to the races coming to AMS. The innovations and the, evol- the way that game is evolving. Yeah. You know, um, NASCAR is evolving. We saw a lot of it on display. They've got the next-gen car. This is the second year for this car, maybe a year. Uh, getting a little more comfortable with it. But the competition, I think, was just as great. And one thing that changed, we always talk about the teams and who's on this team and, you know, guys who moved around. But it seemed like at the end of the race it was every man for himself. Yeah, You was. know what I mean? It was like a mad scramble right there. And, you know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was just out there at the end and gets the win in what is the longest Daytona 500. It took him a while to get that one done, but they got it done. And uh, How do you feel, though, about having to go to replay to determine who won it? Yeah, well, you know, they have to do that because it comes down to when the caution flag is thrown, where the lead driver is if they got into a certain point. And that was the thing they were waiting to see because they could have gone back and done another overtime. And he would have been out of gas. Yeah. yeah. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., they're, they're asking him to do the burnouts after winning. He's like, I ain't got any gas. I can't do this. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> and that was it became a guessing game at the end. It yeah. really did. When you, go, when you go that long, you don't want to give up your track position. It becomes a big guessing game. And, you know, and the thing of it is there's so much that depends on that race. You think about yep. it, with most sports, the biggest event is what comes at the end. Um, and you still have a championship and a playoff yeah. that they have, yeah. but – to kick things off with your big main event that sets things up for the year. Um, sponsors the, are, are there. They're mm-hmm. w- w- watching to see. Uh, all the big owners were there. Of course, Michael Jordan was down there. I understand he had a big old hospitality tent, and Derek Jeter's coming through and all kind of folk like that. Brad Doherty's so, team yeah, ends yeah. up winning it. Very cool. Another, about, another about, connection to the NBA. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, a lot of people, Floyd Mayweather had a, had a, had a car. That, that car made it around. Travis it, Pastrana it, ends up right. almost getting into the top ten. Right. He ended up 11th. He was in that last wreck. Yeah. But Pastrana – he, he was right there. The he's the shock. He's right there. So, I mean, it was a lot of – to me, it, 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 it was neat to see in the way they were to roll it out. And the people they bring it with, Tiffany Haddish of all people, is, did the green flag to start the race. Uh, and we even had a sighting of the Bethune-Cookman band. Uh, it just, cool. just just all kind of stuff there at NASCAR yesterday. We talk about things I enjoyed seeing. We got to see Tiger Woods. We're going to get yes. into that later on this hour. Uh, what's your take on him at this stage of life and career? I'm just happy he's getting uh, – Maybe to go out on his own terms, yeah. y- you know. I mean, he's had multiple things. You know, what in the last decade it feels like that you thought it might be it, and, and you thought we've seen the best of Tiger, we're not going to ever see it again. Then he goes and wins the Masters, and you're like, okay, wait a minute. Then he has the car accident, and you're like, we're never going to see him again. And Saturday, you saw some of the old school Tiger for a while. Yeah. The the question is, is going to be. Is he ever going to be able to do that for four rounds again? And is his body going to allow him to do it? Because I think it's easy, you know, if, if you play. And, look, I got into playing golf because of Tiger Woods. I mean, I, I grew up around it. My dad played all my life. But, you know, I really wanted to play when I saw Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the the Nike golf shoes and, and the Nike gear. I was all about it because of Tiger and, you know, to see him now be able to do it, at least in short bursts, is, is, is amazing. But just how physically fatiguing yeah. it is at that level to play four rounds and walk the course. And I think we saw it yesterday, how much it took out of him, the three days of the adrenaline rush, playing at that level, the pressure, all of those different things. And just the physical fatigue for him with a surgically repaired right leg yeah. 
to be able to play. His swing looks so different now, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing that impresses me the most is that over the years he's been able to remake his swing multiple times because his body's changed, and he still he he just understands it so well to be able to lock in and play at that level. Uh, just just a phenom, and and I go all the way back to the years when we heard about him before we actually saw him. We heard about this kid out in California that was getting to play. The tournament we just saw, Genesis, he played yeah. it while he was still in high school. And, um, you know, I'm working in Augusta at the time. And I said, this guy's going to be good. He's going to be here one day. Um, there are a lot of phenoms that we get to see. Rarely have we seen one that was so well prepared for the success that he had. This guy looked you in the eye and talked directly to you when he gave you interviews, you know, from the start. And, that's, and of course, that comes from home. That, yeah. We go back to Earl. And, you know, but, but, but that's the thing that you remember most about Tiger Woods was how he how, uh, this way he commanded all of it, not just the competition, but around it. And he was marketed to children. Mm-hmm. If you remember the first ads, I am Tiger Woods. I am Tiger Woods. You know, as first person that, with that sport I can think of, has ever been marketed to children. Yeah. And so he made he, it cool. I right. mean, flat out, he, he made it cool because, you know, before he really emerged, you know, that was when I was a teenager and I was looking for things that I thought were cool and – Golf was not that. You know what he did away with? Plaid pants. <laughs> I ain't seen a pair of plaid pants on the PGA Tour, and I I, I don't know when. Oh, yeah. I don't, Jesper Parnovic or somebody like that? Oh, Jesper Parnovic. I mean, John Daly will get creative <laughs> oh, with well, his yeah, attire, yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's he, a whole other planet. That's a whole planet. thing, man. He, you know, he, he, but, but, but I'm just saying, <laughs> he, he did away with plaid pants for crying out loud. He, uh, he made it all cool. Like, you wanted the Tiger Woods golf shoes. You wanted the Tiger Woods clubs when he moved to Nike. I yeah. mean, I that was that was my golf experience was man, this guy like I want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And you just and, you, and, you had people before him obviously in different ways. Right. With Jack Nicholas, with Arnold Palmer. I mean, you can go all the way through golf, but I think to make it as mainstream and commercial as Tiger Woods did, I don't think anybody can do that again. No. I, I don't think so. Does that mean that because Greg always gets to the point that the sport's in trouble without him out there? So you, yeah, I, I don't go that far. No, I don't think it's in trouble. I, I, I think golf went to a level there for a while with him, and and it still will when he has that run. If he goes to Augusta and he has a a front nine for the ages and gets everybody talking, the ratings will go through the roof for the back nine. It, it'll it'll happen. Yeah, and and that could still happen, but. Is there anybody else who's going to make it that big where it crosses over? You know, I, I get into this all the time talking about soccer, and, and I think a lot of people in soccer get really hung up on the comparisons to the NFL or baseball or basketball or whatever. The soccer world has grown over the years so mm-hmm. much that it's fine wherever it is. It can continue to grow. There's room to grow. It can cross over even more, but it's fine. Golf is fine. It's not going to be hurt if you don't have that megastar. But that megastar puts it over the top. It takes it to places where maybe golf won't get to on its own. And maybe it won't get to again until we see somebody who can even remind us of him. That's that. There's, and that's, there's not going to be much of him left. And we're talking about the fact that as the tour is now divided – yeah, with, yeah with and that's a whole other story. That, yeah, that, that is. That is. Uh, <laughs> <about laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's another story. But that that is going to be an effect on the, the golf business as a whole and the, the tour business. Yeah, that's true. Folks, spending time this morning, uh, you, you, Sam, and, along with Jason Longshore. You can follow us because we're both a social. You can follow us 
on Twitter. Uh, Jason is uh, at Longshoe, at Longshoe, and I am at Sam Crenshaw23. If you want to drop us a line and get in on our conversation, want to also follow us on this on this uh, the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line, 404-741-0929. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you this morning. As we go along, we talk about the things that we saw that were cool this weekend. The other thing that I saw that was cool was hockey in a major college football facility down south. Is that okay with you? Because uh, you – and I remind people of how people carried on about soccer <laughs> over in Athens during the 96 Olympics. Yeah. You would have thought it was the end of the world. I was, I we, was at UGA at that time, and, oh, I remember the, the conversations around that. They're moving the hedges. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, those it was stadiums, the Olympics. It is the Olympics, and, and this is a big deal, too. I mean, I think to have a, a game in Raleigh – and maybe not a stadium that has the the hallowed history of some of the others. No offense to the ACC fans out there, but come on, let's be real. Um, but yeah, I mean these stadiums need to get used more. You know, we've we've always kind of had the the joking conversation, and the problem is the width, and that's why they had to remove the hedges at, in Athens. But the width of the stadium, there's not a lot of them that you could do like a major soccer game in. But if if in this lead up to 2026 when the World Cup's going to be in the U.S. and yep. you're going to have games in this country and you're going to have teams play, you know, want to come over and get a sense of, of the weather and the climate and, and, and the conditions and all those things in the summer. You know, if you had a game in Tuscaloosa, if you had a, a big international soccer match in, in Knoxville, you know, in Auburn, it, it'd be wild to see. But some people are going to get very upset by that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they should uh, anymore. Uh, uh, but uh, they uh, will. The question I ask you now: it, it, Since the Hurricanes did this in Raleigh, what about Nashville? And the people in Nashville always think the Predators. Do they want to play a game over over in Knoxville? Would that would that be inappropriate for them? How about that? I'd love to see that. And Nashville, and people, the Predators and, have done an amazing and job. People in will come to the game team. on the boats, just like they would for football <laughs> games. I'm just saying <laughs> that'd you know, be cool, right? I'd you be know, into that. Nashville rather than Vanderbilt. Yeah. The Vanderbilt Stadium. Who goes to Vanderbilt Stadium anyway? Mm. The, Van, the, the Vanderbilt folks don't. Georgia go to fans every couple of years. You get, <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying. Sorry, Vandy fans. Sorry, Vandy fans. They're, they're, they're nice people. Yeah, uh, they but, are. They're but very but, nice but, but the Preds playing. But we have to tolerate. We have to tolerate here in Rocky Top fifty times during that game. Mm. Do you can you play Rocky Top during 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 if, hockey? If you're in Knoxville, you kind of have to, don't you? I guess. I, I've got that, – that song gives me PTSD a little bit. <laughs> One, I'm a Georgia guy. And, two, I remember when I was young, we lived in Lexington, Kentucky, for a little while. Okay. And we had season tickets for Kentucky football because they basically gave them to you at that time. Yeah. Um, Tennessee came up. I think they put on, like, put up 70 points or something, something ridiculous. And it was Rocky Top for four hours straight. Oof. Yikes. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. You were talking about Folks, we're just getting started on this Monday morning, this President's Day. Uh, Monday morning. Glad you're with us, Sam Crenshaw, along with Jason Longshore. We got Max on the other side of the glass uh, working for us as well. Going to talk about this All-Star game and All-Star weekend. Well, the weekend may be overshadowed the game. That's coming up when you stay with us on this Monday morning on Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929Game.com. We're available everywhere on Odyssey. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. 
Sam along with Jason Longshore on this Monday morning. It's President's Day. So glad you're spending some of it with us. We're here till 10 a.m. Uh, this morning, of course, we usually uh, usually hanging out with, with Greg. I don't, I don't know where Greg is. Is he on assignment? He's on assignment someplace. Okay. I don't know where. Sounds mysterious. It does. I have a feeling that some boys doing this assignment, he'll end up at Bucky's. <laughs> <laughs> Bucky's, man. <laughs> Bucky's was, we, we played in Chattanooga with preseason not that long ago. And man. There's so many people who experienced Bucky's for the first time on that trip. So many Atlanta United fans are like, <laughs> This is amazing. This is the greatest place ever. I did stop on the way to Chattanooga and on the way back. I'm not going to lie. Both ways? Both ways. I stopped both, both ways? ways. Both well, ways. Why? Well, one, it was the, good. The, the, um, the gas prices? The gas clean, prices the, were pretty good. The, not going to lie about that. Clean, um, clean bathrooms? Yep, yep, yep. It's 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 the best place to stop that you're going to find and, and, you know, on the road like that. Did you get the brisket? The brisket uh, and egg tacos for oh. breakfast. Oh. Really good. First time I'd had that. And the, the brisket sandwich, I mean, come on. You're not getting better. And it's the perfect stop when you're going to Chattanooga. It's like an hour away from Chattanooga, yeah. a little about an hour 15 maybe out of Atlanta. Yeah. Perfect. You know, uh, and Max is over here nodding because he knows coming from where you come from, you got to come through Bucky's. Right <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then they have the best deals on beef jerky and, like you said, the bathrooms. And what gas station do you know has apparel? Like you can get Bucky shirts, yep. Bucky hoodies. <laughs> It's a movement. I've never been to a gas station where you can get good peanut butter fudge. Yo. And at Bucky's. Yeah. You, 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 but you know what they've done to impact? Get off any other exit and go to um, a, a gas station restroom, and they're cleaner now. Mm-hmm. That's true. Bucky's has put pressure on these guys because if they got 50 stalls and you got one and you got a science project going on <laughs> in it because you ain't cleaned that thing in two days. You know, you know, right? So, I yes. mean, Bucky's has created clean gas station bathrooms for us all. Thank you, Bucky's. Thank you very much, Bucky's. That's good. This is not an endorsement. We're not getting paid for that. No, we're not. I would like a brisket sandwich, though. I'll uh, take the tacos. <laughs> it, is it is the day after uh, All Star Weekend. And we're talking about the cool things that we've seen. This, this was a very cool sports weekend, as we said at the top of the broadcast. No National Football League, but man. There was so much to like about sports uh, this weekend. And as we go along this morning, we're going to get into a little bit of all of it from the Daytona 500, from seeing Tiger Woods play yesterday. We mentioned hockey being played in a a college football stadium down south, uh, which was an incredible sight. But this was also NBA All-Star Weekend. It was. How how much of this do you watch? Not much. It, it, It used to be. Must see TV. The whole thing used to be. Yeah. The the whole thing from – all-Star Saturday night back in the day was you couldn't miss it. The dunk contest, three-point shootout, you could not miss it. That was pretty good this year. I mean, there's definitely more coming out of Saturday night than Sunday night, yeah. I think. And even Friday night was maybe more interesting than Sunday night. For us here locally, I said because of Jose Alvarado, who played his college basketball at Tech, undrafted free agent, um, G League, really had to fight his way. In and he's made himself a big fixture down in New Orleans. Yep. A tip of the cap to that dude, and, and he's in the spotlight. I thought that was great. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, first All Star game for him yep. coming from Georgia. That's cool, but I don't like the format. I know some people do. That that's that's cool. I like the old school format, the old East versus West. Um, but even that was starting to get a little weird. And we were talking about before the show, and I think the biggest aspect of this that maybe is lost in the shuffle because the game was not compelling no. at, at all. No. And where it falls in the calendar right now, there's 23, 24 games left for most teams. 
you're not thinking about playing in an exhibition. You're not thinking about that. LeBron, you know, tries to block a shot, maybe a little bit of an injury. No, I'm done. I'm out. I'm, I'm sitting. I'm going to watch the rest of this. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean anything. And that's the challenge, I think, for any of these all-star games in any sport is how do you make it meaningful? Go back to Go back to the last dance. And go back to those locker room scenes with Jordan's last All-Star game for the Bulls. I know he played again later, but for for that one. And it was, no, we're not losing to the West. No, we're the East. We're not losing to the West. Yeah. And there was a, a different level of, of pride in the game. It meant something because of that pride. Now, it, that kind of lost its meaning. The, the pickup style draft is cool, but I'm not... I didn't really care about the game. Yeah, and 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 that's me exactly. The lead up to it was great. All yeah. the lead up to it, the music, and, and yeah. you know you're gonna pick who's on the squad and and the reaction to it. You know the the fact that uh, Giannis didn't know that he couldn't pick John Morant. I thought I thought <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was classic, man. You know, so I thought that that was fantastic. Well, we got some reaction, Coach, who wanted to. You know, I mean, Coach thought that. He wasn't a big fan of this one at all. It's not good when one of the coaches involved in the All-Star game says it's bad basketball. <laughs> Do we have that audio? It's going to form over the scar that yes. was formed in Charlotte yes. back in 2019. You know, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be a part of a, a great weekend, great players, but that is the worst basketball game ever played. How do you fix it? I don't know if you can fix it. I mean... And that's the thing. What do you do? What do you do with it? MLS does something very unique and I think great with their all-star game. And it gives it some meaning. And guys go out and, and they will play. You can't do that, I guess you can't do that with, with the with the uh with the NBA unless you you know, because because it's so international. Yeah. You couldn't say all the American players against Farm because th- that makes up half your roster. That would actually be more interesting, though. You think so? Yeah, I, I think that would be more competitive. That was Michael Malone, the, the Nuggets coach, who, I mean, you can't even say he was the, the Western Conference coach. That doesn't apply anymore in the All-Star game. But it, the MLS All-Star game, and they, they've tried a few different things. When it started, it was East versus West. Then they did the All-Stars playing an international club team which it was always in their preseason typically. That's awkward because you've got guys who don't train together playing a team that trains together. You're always going to be at a disadvantage, even if it's an all-star team against a team that plays together all the time. But now it's the MLS All-Stars against the Liga MX All-Stars. So the Mexican League All-Star team playing the the U.S. and Canada League All-Star team. That's compelling. That's interesting. It's competitive. That's really cool. I don't know if you can do that anywhere else. I mean, the the Major League Baseball All-Star game isn't what it used to be. The Pro Bowl is not even a Pro Bowl anymore. It's it's a whole different series of things. Um, The NHL All-Star game I don't think is as compelling as it used to be. And I give them credit for trying something different with the NBA All-Star game. And you do have the other events that are cool. And that's something the NBA has done really well. But I love the idea that you just said of a – U.S. team against an international team. That would be more interesting than what we're seeing right now. And I think it'd be more competitive and it'd be better basketball. Okay. We'll say that. That could be. And when I think about that and international players, that it, it all goes back to 92, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, and just the seed that was planted by the dream team and how it is really, the sport is really flourished. 
internationally. You have this multitude of players from other countries who've come to be vital players in the National Basketball Association. But I got to do something. When I watch games like this or anything that was on this weekend, being a TV dude, I watch and listen for things. And the audio dude really gets a – I don't know if they made the audio dude walk home or whatever because because (laughs) – did you hear – I mean, during the introductions – Somebody's, uh, I mean, Shaq, and their mics were on. Oh, no. And in the background, you're hearing, yeah, in the background, you're hearing Charles Barkley and, and Shaq and them dudes talk while they're choosing the players. That was going on all, yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't think anybody said anything bad, but there's a whole nother conversation going on while that was happening. And I don't know if they, whoever the audio guy is, you know, they're probably making them walk home. It, that was that that wasn't good. It, it's a situation where, like, when you get into these games, you can do some cool things with it. You can do some different things. I mean, go back to the the MLS All Star game we had here in Atlanta, where Brad Gazan was mic'd up, yeah. for the first half. Yeah. That's cool. You, you don't get to see that normally, okay? But you've got to manage those aspects of it, and, and you've got to find a way to make the game itself compelling. And I think all-star games in general have lost that. And the NBA maybe needs to figure out, because you can't have it this late in the year. You can't have it this late in the season. That's the other part, yeah. You're going to have guys who opt out. I mean, you have guys opting out of regular season games all the time anyway. So you're going to opt out of an all-star game if you have a hangnail, if you have anything that goes on. So you've got to make it more compelling. Should you do it after the season? Should you do it? in a preseason format. I don't know, but that that US versus the world kind of idea, you have the talent on both sides now to make that a really good game. Yeah. But when do you play it to where it can actually be a competitive game? That's the thing. Everybody's going to be being careful. Everybody's in in, in bubble wrap. Uh they did mic up Luka Doncic for for a time like That's cool. Thing. And, and and that was cool while he's on the floor. It's like when they mic'd him up, the ball didn't come to him. <laughs> everybody, everybody else was getting the ball. And people, guys were saying, oh, Luca, when are you going to get the ball? You know, he's, but, but, uh, but, you know, that, that was pretty cool. Max, what did you think from what you saw last night? Well, I was just going to ask you guys. The NFL is the most relatable because it's like, man, these guys play through weather. They throw, uh, play through conditions. There's no guaranteed contract. So I feel like it, people can relate to the sport, and that's why they're gra- they gravitate towards it. With the NBA, I feel like they've turned some people off. You have these massive contracts. You have load management. Not all these games that they show up to play. So I feel like this All-Star game kind of highlights a bigger issue that originally turns people off from the NBA. Because at least when the Pro Bowl is over with, we know it's going to get serious as soon as this is over and we go back to what's going on, right? Here's what's fascinating about it, though. And when you get into these All-Star games, it's a big opportunity for the leagues to bring everybody together Owners come together, right. the league leadership, sponsors. They're, they're all there. They have a lot of meetings. Adam Silver had a lot of conversations about the state of the NBA. And I agree with you, Max, in terms of like load management. That's a turnoff for me, that you have 82 games and you're going to have top guys play maybe 60, you know, because you've got to be fresh for the end of the season. It's too many games, in my opinion. I think it's too many, but that's never going to come down because of money. And what Adam Silver said is they are setting records for tickets being sold, for TV ratings, all of it. So he's like, and he was one who wasn't a fan of stars missing games before. Yeah. He's come around. And and he's saying, well, the fans are the ones who are going to tell us if this is right or wrong. And they're buying tickets and they're watching games in bigger numbers than before. So they're bought in. Now, the all-star game part of it, I think, is separate. I think that's got to change. That they've got to figure out a more compelling format for it. 
But the health of the NBA right now yeah. is very, very strong. And you do that in spite of the fact we just saw two of the biggest stars go from East Coast to out West mm-hmm. in the, at midseason. You know, and that's that's the other part of it. You talked about it used to be East versus West. I don't know how you would handle that now. These guys would have been on one team, and now they're they're playing someplace else. Guys but, move but, so much now. I don't think that the East-West idea has what it did back in the day yeah. because you didn't see guys moving team to team as much. Now it feels like every year, you know, top guys are, are moving year to year because players have the power, and they're going to go where they want to go, and they're going to form the teams they want to form. And – Okay, that's where the league is. That's cool. Let's do the U.S. versus the world idea because I think it's more interesting. But you can't do it with 25 games left in the season. Yeah, You just can't. It has to come sooner than that. And that's the thing I was you – know, as I watched the schedule, I kept saying, yeah, this is, you know, this is way past the midway point of the season that we're doing this. Yeah. And so, you know, that's good. But other than that, a good show. Um, tip of the hat to everybody out in, out in Salt Lake City. Everybody seemed to have had a nice time. HBCU's got the spotlight on them. Grambling State played Southern Saturday. Uh, that was great. Brought their bands out there. So, I mean, everybody had a chance to touch and be a part of this All-Star Weekend. Tip of the cap to the NBA putting on a show. But, we, you know, let's see if we do some things, tweak that game, make it a little bit better. The whole weekend, they've killed it. But yeah. the game itself, which should be the centerpiece, it's not the centerpiece anymore. No. And if they can figure that out, then they'll have the best All-Star event as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the game started, and I went and started watching some other stuff. You know, so I, I would peep back in at it every night. And say, okay, all right, they're still doing what they're doing. Watching some XFL instead. Watching some XFL. We, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that. And, of course, NASCAR. Rick Limper is going to join us next hour. He is in Daytona. We're going to talk about the race. Uh, that too. But coming up next, something we saw yesterday. Guy with a red shirt on. Um, guy who's got green jackets. He was playing yesterday. Don't know how much more we're going to see from him. Tiger Woods. Thoughts on him and the PGA and golf in general. You stay with us. Sam along with Jason Longshore here on a Monday morning. Sports Radio 9290 Game and 9290Game.com. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Sam Crenshaw in on this Monday morning along with Jason Longshore. And we got Max working things on the other side of the glass. Glad you're with us on this President's Monday. Whatever you're doing today is President's Day. Uh, if you're working or if you're not working or some of you are probably sleeping in and lounging in. Uh, there's some spring break happening here, right? Have some schools got spring break now? Yeah. I don't even know. Is it considered spring break or is it winter know. break? or I don't know. They have so many breaks right now. Yeah, I can't keep up. The school calendar's changed so much uh, over the years. <laughs> now you start so early, but you have all these different breaks in it. There are some schools because, you know, I do high school soccer games uh, around the state, and there's some schools that are out on break this week. But then there's McIntosh, for example, that's playing a game tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Okay. So because they're on that break and they get a chance to to play an early afternoon game. Ah. A four o'clock cool. game, two of the best teams in the state, McIntosh and Dalton tomorrow in Peachtree City. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm looking forward to that one. That's gonna be fun. That's a good one. I mean, that, that's that's worth the trip. That's worth the drive, folks. We're gonna talk some high school athletics because Jason and I both are passionate about high school athletics in our area and think we have some of the best and some of the talented people, the people who work with it, the athletic directors and the schools. Uh, and the coaches, kids, kids get a lot of great coaches from this area in the sports that we cover. So we're both um, high school nuts. We'll talk about that some as we go along. But let's talk about um, 
the man in the red shirt yesterday, and uh, you know, sure, it was the, the, the Genesis and the Zadat Riviera and Pacific Palisades it was a beautiful place, and John Rahm just put on a show out there to win the tournament. Um, but everyone was following or watching the progress of Tiger Woods, and just to see him back out there and get to play four rounds that that was yeah. that, that, that that was a treat for us to watch. Um, and to me, right now, it, it's bonus time. You know, whatever whatever we get with the guy, to me. Um, I'm just glad to see him out there. Some people want to see, oh, is he going to win? Well, I mean, if he's going to win or not. But, I mean, all the man's gone through, I'm just glad to see him out there competing. Yeah, that's, that's what's so wild about this is it feels like it's the third act in a lot of ways because, you know, he had his amazing run and then, look, personal issues, yeah, relationship breaking up, marriage breaking up. Um, comes back, wins after that. And that was, okay, cool. He's going to get to win. He's, he's going to get to, again, go out on his own terms. That was something I was hoping he would, he would get to have. Then he has a car accident almost two years ago to the day that, I mean, he's lucky to be here. Right. And he's lucky to be able to do this. He's on a surgically repaired right leg right now. The round on Saturday where uh, he was best round he's played since the accident, uh, 67. That was his 12th round he's played since the accident. Wow. I mean, he hasn't played a lot. No. And, and to be, to make the cut, to be in, in any realm of, you know, competing for the title. And John Rahm right now, hardly anybody's going to beat him. He, he's killing it. But to be there is just an amazing accomplishment. Can he go past this? Like, I don't know. Um, you get to Augusta and special things can happen, and that's a, that's a different conversation. The other majors, uh, the British Open, uh, maybe again you get kind of you get some special mysticism with all of that, and, and maybe he can dial back the years. But I don't know if physically he can play at a level to win for four rounds. I just don't know if he can do that anymore. The walk on the course, yeah, it becomes a challenging thing. I mean, making the shots. And one thing I guess he tell you, making the shots are he's trying to make the shots are, are, are fine. It's just the labor of, of walking the entire course. It's almost changed for him. I mean, you think in back in the day when he would always close out rounds so well. Yeah. Now he's got to really start super hot because physically it's going to take a toll. By the time he gets to the back nine, by the time he gets to those last few holes the effects of it. I mean, we saw the limp last year when he first came back and how it was hard to watch at times. That's gotten better, but it's still there. Oh, yeah. And it gets difficult to make the shots that he has to make late in a tournament. But can he be that good to jump out and run away from people? He, again, he did it in the past, but can he do it now? It just yeah. what we're seeing is still cool. Like, it is cool. I, it's 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 amazing to get a chance to see it. And anytime you see that he's doing well, my automatic reaction is to turn the TV on. Right. It just it's it's automatic. Saturday, I hear he's doing well. I'm I'm finding it. I'm watching it. That's the thing. That's the thing. He has some thoughts too a, 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 after his rounds. After everything was done. Uh, we definitely need a break. I mean, it's it's good that I mean, it's, this time rough, is coming now. I think a lot of teams in the league. I mean, it happens around this time uh, of year. And, uh, unfortunately, of I mean, we we're one of those teams that kind of.
Okay, we're going to come back because we had a couple of things going at the same time. I think we had the audio guys from the NBA All-Star game on that one. That may have been. That may have been. <laughs> just somebody, they, they made their way back here. We're going to work to get that. We're going to work to get that sorted out. We're going to get that sorted out uh, so you can hear Tiger Woods' comments uh, from yesterday. Uh, but that's the thing. Now we don't know. When, we know it's him at Augusta. I would think he would try to get another round in one of the Florida stops yeah. uh, that are coming up next on the tour. I don't know which one. He usually play. He will. He used to play several of those Florida tournaments. Obviously, he won't do it this time. But the players has been rumored that he might try to play that one. That's that's maybe the biggest non-major that, that you can get into. Um, I'm with you. I think he probably needs at least one tournament under his belt before you get to Augusta. But he's said, you know, he's going to keep it pretty light in terms of a, a calendar at this point. It's going to be the majors and maybe a couple others. Yep. I mean, that's that's what he says now. If he goes out and he has some more success, we, we might see some things. But, you know, the, the, the treatments and the therapy he has to go through, the things to uh, to recover, like today, has to, you know, what must he have to do today to recover from uh, from playing this weekend? Yeah, like how long would it take him to be able to play at a, at a good level for him again? You know, he couldn't do that this weekend, I, I don't think, this upcoming weekend. You know, would it be two weeks? Would it be a month? You know, what is it? What is that timeline for him? Just the fact that he is playing at the level he is, making the cut in this tournament, that's an amazing accomplishment in and of itself. If he has, and and we saw it throughout the years with the legends at Augusta, you know, you would see Jack Nicholas make a run well past his prime. Oh, and, yeah. and and it's just it it you turn back the clock. Can he have one of those rounds at Augusta? Absolutely he can. Yeah. Absolutely. And he can have that for a, a long time. But can he be in competition to win the tournament? Augusta's probably the place that he'll be in competition. I, I don't know if anywhere else he will be. Knows the place like the back of his hand. We got that audio now. Let's take a look and, and listen to what Tiger had shared with us yesterday. I am very rusty, but I've come off rusty situations before and I've done well and uh, I've had to utilize a lot of those tactics in practice and, and build up. And plus also, I know this, this golf course. Yeah, That's the key. The key. You if, do his way around the place. You're playing somewhere that you're familiar with. You can, you can get by in some moments where physically you're not at your best. The other thing that I think was noticeable in this tournament is his putting was much better. And, and that's, you know, that's something where you don't think about the physical effects of it, but Trying to steady yourself with a 10-foot putt to either move up in the tournament or to win a tournament, it's not easy. And being physically in shape and being physically at your best to be able to do that, it is not easy for him to do. His putting was much better in this tournament. Yep, it was. It was. Coming up this week, you got the Honda Classic. Then we get the Florida Swing. Um, that's down at Palm Beach Gardens. You get the Arnold Palmer. That's in Orlando. Then you get the players, and that's March 9th through 12th. Yeah. Maybe. Those are the two that I've heard that he could play, um, the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the the players. And I, I don't think he plays both. Um I'd love it. Again, those are two big tournaments. Those are going to get a lot of eyeballs. It'd be cool to see. But I don't know if he can do both of them. But I think he'll do one. He's going to need to. Absolutely. He'll do one. And then, you know, he'll always go to Augusta and play practice rounds. You know, that, that they you know, go out a week or two in advance and play, and play around. And like you said, there's the familiarity with that course. Although they do different things to it, 
They, they, they say they don't. But, but they, he, they, he's seen all the things that they have done to that place over the years. I mean, when, when you have to tiger-proof a course, there's <laughs> not anybody else in, in golf that you're having to change construction of courses for. Yeah. And yep. he did that. Yep. And, and he, he knows that place so well that you, know, you just get into that, that comfort zone. And he'll have you, – you nailed it. He'll have plenty of opportunities between now and – and the Masters to go and play it, and he will, and we probably won't hear about it. Yep. But he'll have the private jet ready to go. He will get to Augusta. He'll play a couple rounds. He'll come back. He will be ready for that because that tournament is going to be the one that I think he focuses on every year for for the rest of his career. Yeah, absolutely. He's done so well there. I lived and worked in Augusta for five years, and and the Masters. I go down there now, and I look, and it's the the first tee is like way. <laughs> <laughs> where it used to be, I like what's that? they tee it off from the parking lot yeah, compared that's the to Tiger effect. It used to be, but that's absolutely, a- absolutely, absolutely. We got another, we got another clip from Tiger. Let's take a look with and, and and hear what he has to say here. I flipped the hat around and become a player. From a player standpoint, it, yeah, I'm, I'm here to get that W. So I mean, yeah. that, that's that's the thing he likes. You know what though? He's always going to tell you that. He's always going to tell you that he, he comes to win. Now whether he's able to physically able to or not. But if he shows up, you know, that's always going to be a constant with him. The elite of the elite in sports, and this can be a a individual sport like golf. It it can be a team sport. That's what you hear. And and it's at another level. Like, you hear that from people. Right. But you believe it from a Tiger Woods. You believed it from a Michael Jordan. You believe it from a Lionel Messi. Mm -hmm. Now, like. You believe it with those those goats, and and Tiger's that, and is he still that physically? No, he's not. And, and can he do that on? Can he do what he can he do what John Rahm's doing on tour right now? Yeah. No, he, he can't right now. He just he, he's not going to be able to do that again. But for one tournament, can he do that? We'll find out in Augusta. Yeah, you know can, he he showed he can do it for a round in this. He showed that he can be pretty good for a tournament in this. But can he be elite again? I don't know. We're going to find out in Augusta here coming up. Yeah, we will find out. Max, what you got over there? It's a macro question. I always think, grand scheme of things, everyone loves lists, right? Everyone loves Mount Rushmore's. Can you name another athlete who's meant more to their sport than Tiger Woods? Like Some could argue he's bigger than the sport he plays. That's a good one because yeah. it's not easy. You know, you go through that that goat conversation. In- we just lost lost. Pelé. Yeah. Pelé would have been globally one. Absolutely. Because, I mean, when I was a kid, I grew up in Atlanta, and we didn't have, when when I found soccer, we didn't have pro soccer. I missed the Chiefs, so I didn't have that. And one of the first names that I heard that I associated with soccer was Pelé. You know, you, you it stopped wars in, in countries, literally. He was, on the, he, he was on the op- he was on the open to wide world of sports. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and, and no soccer in that show, hardly ever, but Pelé's in the open to it. Yeah. He was that big. Pelé at that time, Muhammad Ali, Yeah, you know, um, I, I don't know if there's a tennis player that would reach that level. You know, I mean, the Martina Navratilova. Um, but then she had this rival. Yeah, was, it, it wasn't know. one. Right. Like, Muhammad Ali was above everybody else. Tiger Woods was above everybody else. I think Pelé, for a long time, was above everybody else. And maybe the game is caught up now. 
I don't know if golf will have another one like Tiger. I don't think boxing will have another one like Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Tyson did it for a while. There's been others who've who've done things for short bursts, but I don't know if there will ever be another golfer like Tiger Woods. Yeah, that's that's that's, and that's the thing. I guess the sport you know has to like I said we mentioned earlier. He was marketed to children, and that was the thing. Now those children are bringing their children to see it, and they're holding up their their, their smartphones because they didn't have that the first time around. If you ever notice when he's playing that, and that's every time he gets ready to take a shot, yeah. up go the phones. <laughs> uh, 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 just to capture the moment because that that wasn't available, you know. It's so crazy to see that now when you see these iconic pictures of moments. LeBron setting the the scoring record, and everybody except for Phil Knight from Nike with a, their phone up. Um, <laughs> it's just you look back at old pictures of legendary moments, and that wasn't part of it. You watched it, yeah. You know, like I'll watch everybody else's footage in those moments, but I want to see it. Like, I, I want to feel that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, hey, you know, people, the technology changes and coming in. And we talk about that a lot to do with what we saw this weekend, uh, the technology, the, the way things are presented. We're going to get into that as we go into our next hour. Folks, we're headed for the 7 o'clock hour. Rick Limper is going to join us from Daytona. Uh, what he saw, the way things are evolving with NASCAR. XFL, did you watch it? Did you see it? Did you hear it? It's still got football going on. And who's watching what they're doing. The National Football League is watching what they're doing. And of course, coming up next, Atlanta United getting set to start the season this week. Find out what you're in for. Of course, we're going to have it all for you here on Sports Radio 929 The Game. 929thegame.com. Follow us everywhere on the Odyssey app. 